The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, and the people there were observing him carefully. He told a parable to those who had been invited, noticing how they were choosing the places of honor at the the table. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not recline at table in the place of honor. A more distinguished guest than you may have been invited by him. And the host who invited both of you may approach you and say, give your place to this man. And then you would proceed with embarrassment to take the lowest place. Rather, when you are invited, go and take the lowest place. So that when the host comes to you, he may say, My friend, move up to a higher position. Then you will enjoy the esteem of your companions at the table. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. But the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he said to the host who invited him, When you hold a lunch or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your wealthy neighbors in case they may invite you back and you have repayment. Rather, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. Like every parable that Jesus tells is always ordered towards facilitating or inviting into relationship with himself. And the parable that he tells today when he's at the home of this Pharisee is centered on the virtue of humility. And at first glance, when we read this, we might think that he's sort of scolding people for not being humble. When you go someplace, don't take the place of honor because somebody might kick you out. But there's another dimension of this that if we take the lowest place, then we have the opportunity to receive this invitation to come further, this invitation to go higher. Or we have the ability to experience being chosen 
right? the ability to experience being chosen. Like the one who walks in and he takes the highest place, he, he doesn't get to experience being chosen. He's sort of presuming on getting the highest place. And if I don't sit in the highest place, then I might not get to be in the highest place. And so I need to be in control of where I'm at at the table. Instead of experiencing this invitation, I want you to be closer to me. I want you to be closer to me. And so humility is necessary in order to experience this call, experience this belonging, experience the fact that God really does love you and really has chosen you and has invited you into a more intimate relationship with him. And it's a lesson that extends into every relationship in our lives. And, and I especially like, observe this in sort of married couples where sometimes, and I'm going to use this example, but it can be the opposite example, right? So, so sometimes like a wife might not feel like her husband is taking care of her. And I might ask her the question, like, why do you feel not taken care of? Well, because I, I have, all this burden falls to me to pay the bills and to do these things. And I wish that he would just, like, take some initiative and do more. And then in order to feel taken care of, she makes a list and she says, you need to do all these things so I feel taken care of. And then he does the list. But she still doesn't feel taken care of because she told him to do it. And she still doesn't feel taken care of because she told him to do it. It's like she's in control. Right? And it can be the opposite. It can be the husband who doesn't feel taken care of. And sometimes our insecurities can get in the way of humility, of allowing ourselves to be vulnerable enough to let somebody take that initiative in our lives. And so for that reason, many spiritual writers talk about humility being the first stage in the spiritual life. Because it's an acknowledgement that I need people. And there's no way of meeting my needs on my own. There's no way of me taking care of myself. I need to be taken care of by another. When I was on retreat recently, I was praying through the Beatitudes, and, and I was just noticing that there's an order to the Beatitudes. I think in the past when I heard the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the clean of heart. I think at certain times in my life and in my priesthood, I thought that those Beatitudes are just sort of like, you know, they're sort of individual things that are just, you know, not necessarily with an order. But what struck me the most was, uh, I was like, I am really good at hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Like, I want things to be right. I want people to treat people well. I want people to take responsibility. 
I'm really good at hungering and thirsting for righteousness. And when I'm treated in an unrighteous or an unjust way, I really want to let people know about it. But I'm not always good at being poor in spirit. Which is the first one. Which is recognizing that I need the Lord for every single thing in my life. And, and I was created to be dependent on him. And, and if I grow in being poor in spirit, then my hunger and thirst for righteousness probably won't come out so much like poor me. Because I'll know that I'm taken care of by the Lord. It's like the first stage in living the Beatitudes. And it's a necessary and fundamental stage in living the Beatitudes. In recognizing that we're all created for relationship. And the primary relationship is this relationship of being dependent on the Lord for everything. And we can only experience the fact that he's chosen us if we first recognize that we can't live by ourselves, that we need him. So then when he enters into our life and he does something unexpected, those words, you are my beloved son, you are my beloved daughter, in whom I delight, resonate more in our hearts. Because that's the desire of our Lord's heart, is that we all come to know this truth, that he's chosen us, that he loves us, that we belong to him. That we're all created to be called to a higher place at his banquet. And he also reminds the Pharisees that, like, in their way of being in relationship, that they shouldn't just invite the people who can pay them back or the people that can do them favors or the people that can return the favor, that they shouldn't invite the people that cannot return the favor. And, and in that case, he's inviting the Pharisees to experience something more of our Lord's own life. Because if they invite these people, the poor, the blind, the lame, the crippled, and they give to people who cannot pay them back, then they'll be more like God, who gives to us when we cannot pay him back. And so even in those words, that first sound like he's scolding the Pharisees, he's inviting them into his own life. He's inviting them into this place of recognizing what it's like for Jesus. And he's inviting them into this kind of union with him. And that too is experienced in our own lives. The more that we start giving without counting the cost, the more that we 
take that initiative to step into that space of taking care of each other, loving each other. Going back to the marriage analogy, when that husband simply recognizes that there's something that's needed or there's, some, there's a way in which he can take care of his wife without being asked first, and he just doesn't, he's more like our Lord. And he comes to a certain knowledge of what it's like from Jesus' point of view. He's being called into an intimacy with him. Now, as parents recognize the needs that their children have and they respond to them and they anticipate them and they protect their children, there's an invitation from our Lord to come to know our Lord's own heart that he has for each and every one of us. And it's that intimacy with him, that shared experience with him, that bears fruit in friendship with him. And that friendship with him is holiness. It is what we're created for. And so the first step in coming to that kind of intimacy is to have humble hearts to recognize that we can't do anything on our own, that we need our Lord for all things. That he truly is our Savior. And so today let us pray that, that our Lord help us to grow in that virtue of humility that, and that we may come to realize all of the ways that he steps into our life each day, that he calls us to conversion, that he protects us from falling into sin, that he invites us to be closer to him, and that that closeness will bear fruit in the love that we have for one another in our marriages, in our family life, in our community life. that we may truly be what we were created to be, which is a holy race, a chosen race, a holy priesthood of people that our Lord calls his own. 